You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric, and this is episode 56. Yeah, hello, my gruesome addicts. Thanks for joining us for yet another episode. And thank you to Soraya for this case recommendation. I was actually already thinking about doing this one, but she just like confirmed it for me. So, so let's do it. Sweet. Where do you think we're going to go, by the way, today? Where do you think this takes place? I don't know. I just wanted to ask I, I, you. There's a million places. How guess. do I guess that? Somewhere uh, in the U.S. Fucking Texas. No. Wrong. Illinois. Okay, so. <laughs> wow. Rebecca Bernadette Postal, who also went by Becky, was born November 19th, 1981 in Quincy, Illinois, to William and Bernadette Postal. Rebecca attended Payson Seymour Elementary School, and then she went on to attend Quincy Notre Dame High School, where she was named valedictorian. Rebecca then went on to attend Quincy University to obtain her bachelor's degree in biological science with a minor in chemistry and ended up graduating cum laude. At this time, she was also working for Sanofi Aventis as one of their top performing pharmaceutical sales representatives. So this is what Rebecca wanted to do as a career. She ended up graduating summa cum laude from Blessing Raymond College of Nursing and Health Sciences, as well as receiving the Faculty Outstanding Senior Award. So Rebecca is super intelligent and driven, and she like, you know, she knows where she wants to be in life. She wants to go into like the nursing field. Somewhere in the midst of working and getting her education, in 2008, Rebecca married Timothy Bleefnick, so she became Rebecca Bleefnick. The couple had three children together, Deacon, Grayson, and Arlen. She actually gave birth to her third child during spring break of her last year of nursing school, only missing one day of school. Like, she's a badass. That's crazy. I don't know how she did that. After graduating, Rebecca worked for Quincy Medical Group in gastrointestinal surgery before she started to work at Blessing Hospital's emergency room. During the whole pandemic, Rebecca worked as a traveling nurse going back and forth from Northeast Regional Medical Center in Kirksville, Missouri, and Hannibal Regional Hospital in Hannibal, Missouri. Also in the same year as of 2020, Rebecca was nominated for the International Daisy Award, which honors exceptional caregiving by extraordinary nurses. So she was just an amazing nurse. <laughs> the testimonial that was stated for her nomination was, quote, I got to kiss my husband and tell him how much I loved him, all because of Becky. There are no words to express how grateful I am for her and what she did, unquote. Not only was Rebecca an RN, but she was certified as a trauma nurse specialist and a sexual assault nurse examiner. Yikes. I know, pretty crazy. But we're going to go back to 2019 for one second when Tim, her husband, appeared on the show Family Feud. So I'm just going to play a little clip of Tim on the show. What's the biggest mistake you made at your wedding? Honey, I love you, but said I do. Not my mistake. Not my mistake. I love my wife. So yeah, uh, there's a little clip from him on Family Feud. And the funniest thing to me is when Steve Harvey says, what's the biggest mistake you made at your wedding? Tim says, I do. And he's like, not my mistake. Not my mistake. It's like, but that was a question. <laughs> it's like, what was the biggest mistake you made? <laughs> so a little weird. I mean, actually, um, that was actually the second answer on the board with 20 out of 100 people giving the exact same answer. Uh, the number one answer was getting sloshed. Hmm. 
anyway, just kind of uh, it just kind of shows how their relationship like kind of was maybe at the time. It was a little rocky. So for the next two years, their marriage, you know, did start to fall apart and to the point where they were going through a divorce in 2021. Rebecca even went as far as getting a restraining order, not only against Tim, but his father as well. I don't know exactly what happened between, you know, the kids and his father or why she didn't want them around him. It kind of scares me, like, why she would want that. But, yeah, it's, it's a little disturbing. Tim came back with a restraining order against Rebecca as well. Rebecca and Tim, like I said, they were getting a divorce and, you know, having to go to court and stuff, figure out child support. Although Tim stated that she would be dead before getting any of his money. According to Rebecca and Tim's divorce attorney, Tim was to pay $2,100 in maintenance and $472 in child support. Tim even wanted Rebecca to go get a psychiatric evaluation for some reason. In May of 2021, while they were going through the divorce, Rebecca texted a friend saying, quote, He has screamed in my face. He shoved me in front of the kids and has thrown things across the room where the kids and I were standing, unquote. Another text that she sent out was to her sister, Sarah, uh, the same year on September 4th, 2021, and it read, quote, if something ever happens to me, please make sure the number one person of interest is Tim, as that is who would do something to me. I'm putting this in writing that I'm fearful he will somehow harm me, come after me, or will try to do something to me that takes me away from my kids or the kids away from me. He already has lied multiple times to paint himself as a victim, unquote. So that's a little something to worry about, right? Like, she's already fearful that, like, something's going to happen to her, like, But that's kids. still on the he said, she said basis. True, 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 true. But still weird. <laughs> so it's a little eerie finding out what was going on in Tim's head just two years later in the beginning of 2021 when Tim started Googling things such as, can you just wash off gunshot residue? Can gunshot residue be washed off? Average police response time. Can you identify if a shotgun shell was shot out of a specific gun? How to open a window from outside. Can I force open my window with a crowbar if I lock myself out? And how to make a homemade silencer. So the day is now February 14th, 2023, just earlier this year. And 41-year-old Rebecca and 39-year-old Tim were due in court on March 3rd. But, you know, so like almost, what, three weeks or so away. Uh, so at this hearing, they were kind of, you know, there was several issues that they were going through. Tim wanted more parenting time than Becky. Becky thought Tim was hiding assets. Tim wanted his father to have unsupervised visits with his son, or all of his sons. And Becky did not want Tim's father alone with their sons. It's kind of weird that he has to have like supervised, you know, supervised uh, visits with his grandchildren. I see, I kind of have an idea of where the story's going, and I'm not trying to stick up for either side, mm -hmm. like, you know, especially Tim's side where I feel like this is going. Yeah. But court divorce cases get so ugly. Absolutely. People start putting all these other things on. It could be one mistake that the person made or something minor or even a lie. And if they have a good enough attorney, someone can get banned or have to have supervised yeah. visits you know so i mean like i said i'm not sticking up for anyone yeah yeah i'm just stating some facts mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like i said it's february 14th and tim decides to ride his bike that he bought off of facebook marketplace which was a blue schwinn bicycle from his home at 1641 hampshire street in quincy illinois to her house which is located just 1.3 miles or a little over two kilometers away at 2528 kentucky road in quincy between the hours of 1.10 a.m. and 1.48, 
He sat outside of her house searching numerous things, including how to look up a license plate number, which happened to belong to a man, like a, this car that was you know, in front of him or wherever, um, belonged to a man named Ted Johnson, whose car was parked out of Rebecca's, you know, outside of Rebecca's house because the two were dating each other. Uh-huh. So... Tim was caught on several cameras riding his bike back and forth from his house to her house on the early morning hours of that day, the 14th, the 21st, the 22nd, and the 23rd. This is where the gruesome parts come into play. The early morning hours of February 23rd, 2023, Tim grabs a handgun, an Aldi's bag, and a crowbar, leaves his three young boys at home by themselves, rides his bike to Becky's house, in which, again, he's seen on like this, uh, I don't really know what this, it's a bus barn camera. I don't really know what they mean by that. Mm. Um, and uh, a neighbor's camera as well. Isn't, is that a bus stop? Like the bench and everything? It could I be. I know. was trying to look it up. and just it Might be just be a company. I don't know. Yeah. Tim scales her home and pries open a second story window in which she ended up leaving a shoe print inside of her bedroom. Rebecca at this point is sleeping in her bed and he takes that Aldi's bag, wraps it around the gun as like to silence it pretty much and shoots her 14 times. And then he goes and, you know, outside the house, gets on his bike, ditches his bike in an alley and just goes home. It is now the afternoon on the same day, February 23rd, when William, Rebecca's father, gets a text from Tim asking if Rebecca was going to pick up the boys from either home or school. It, there's varying forces uh, about that. So this is when William decides to head over to Rebecca's house to see if she was home or, you know, what was kind of going on. It later came out that Tim had actually called the school and told them that he was going to pick them up and not to let them walk to their mom's house, which is a little eerie knowing you know, what he did. And he yeah. didn't want his sons to see what was going on, you know. William gets to Rebecca's house and sees the door open, which was alarming to him, and unfortunately finds his daughter dead on the bathroom floor with wounds to her hands, back, and side. He forgot his cell phone at that point, so he ran to the next door neighbor's house and called 911. After police arrived, they find her on the bathroom floor with 9mm shell casings. They were just like all over the place, all over the bathroom floor, the bathroom mat. And there's also like these plastic shards that ended up coming from, you know, this silencer that he made with the bag. There was like little sh like shreds like all around her and stuff like that. Come to find out that Tim had a whoop, which is like a, a health and fitness tracker. And on the night of the, you know, Rebecca's murder, his like whoop was disconnected. So it's like the time, like every time that he went over there too, like it, he would like disconnect it. So mm. it didn't make, you know, couldn't place him in that area. So the fact that his whoops get being disconnected, he's seen on these cameras going back and forth, all these crazy Google searches. They obtained a search warrant on March 1st, 2023. Thankfully, on March 13th, 2023, this year, Tim was arrested for the murder of Rebecca. Tim pled not guilty and denied any involvement. But after six days and four hours of deliberation on August 11th, 2023, Tim Bleefneck was found guilty and was sent to life in prison for the first degree murder of Rebecca. The judge stated to Tim, quote, Mr. Bleefnick, you researched this murder. You planned this murder. You practiced this murder. You broke into her house and you shot her one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen times. I don't know how long it took you to do that, but some of those shots were fired while she was laying on the ground and you did all that while your children were upstairs at your house laying snug in their beds, unquote. Like, it just shows you what a monster is. And it's like, you know, just counting all those, I was just like, damn, like, that's all, like, that's aggressive, you know. Like, I try to end these episodes every time with, like, some words from friends or family. I found this on findagrave.com. 
It said, quote, as dedicated as she was to her professional pursuits, her most profound devotion was to her family. Her boys were her world, her life's greatest gifts. She was a quintessential, quote unquote, boy mom, aptly illustrated by building for Halloween transformer costumes that actually transformed, creating custom first day of school posters each year and jumping all in with fishing and frog hunting and anything sports. Her Catholic faith was of great importance and she worked diligently to instill her love for God in her boys. Becky's friends and colleagues regale countless stories of how she brightened their lives, going above and beyond with her time, energy, and generosity. From dropping in to check on a friend with a migraine, to dropping off a crib to a friend in need, and staying to help assemble it, she paid it forward, small gestures with lasting impact. She always found a way to highlight the achievements of others, while never demanding the spotlight, although she deserved it often. Becky loved to laugh, and that laugh was contagious. Everyone that knew her remembers her random humor. She made that mundane fun. For the upcoming school Olympics, she envisioned an obstacle course ending with a whoopee cushion fart to stop the timer. Becky's beautiful life will forever be cherished by her parents, Bill and Bernadette Postal. Her children, Deacon, Grayson, and Arlen Bleefnick, her sister, brother-in-law, and nieces, Sarah, Brett, and Caven, and Emma Riley, and her aunts, cousins, and extended family in Chicago, Colorado, and England. Becky said recently, if the past year has reinforced any of my beliefs, it is that of the importance and value of family. Clearly, I have the best one, unquote. So Rebecca was buried on March 3rd of this year at the Church of St. Peter. Uh, her sister, Sarah, had set up a GoFundMe page with the goal of establishing a scholarship fund in Becky's name, as well as to help the family ex with you know expenses related to Becky's death and the future care of her boys. I always like wonder why people go as far to like want to murder, you know, an, an ex or like whatever. It's just like, just be a fucking man pay what you need to do, get the divorce and move on with your life. Like why go through all of this? And now those poor kids don't have a mom. They don't have a dad. And I'm f wondering what the hell happened with this great, you know, Tim's dad. Yeah. Like are the kids seeing him still? What's going, you know, Probably she has no not. control. I she mean, never got to have that, that court, you know, that court meeting or whatever he court hearing. So it's like, it bothers me. I want to know what happened to like, you know, that whole situation, but it's just really sad. Definitely. Just a, she's extremely smart. She went, you know, just living a beautiful life. And then he just has to come in, ruin it all. And yeah, it's just sad. So that's the end of that. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us for this episode. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to have an episode next week. So we'll be back two weeks from now. Yep. Yep. All right. Stay safe. Beware. Peace.